Are you a healthcare organization struggling to achieve success? What if I told you that success not only depends on strategy, but also on the right mindset? At the Mindset Gap, their team of seasoned consultants understand the critical role mindset plays in achieving organizational excellence by empowering your workforce to think innovatively, embrace change, and adapt to new challenges. So imagine your workplace, one where your employees and patients thrive, where creativity and productivity go hand in hand, and where obstacles become opportunities. Don't let your organization fall into the mindset gap. Take the first step towards unlocking your potential today and email assist at themindsetgap.com with the referral code GENCAN20 to schedule a consultation. Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jennifer George, and I'm joining you this evening with a special guest. Her name is Michelle Yan, and she's a mental health advocate for the LGBTQ community um, on raising awareness for mental health in the community, as well as promoting wellness. She takes us down her vulnerable story of burnout, the impact of it, how it changed her life and how she's on the road to healing and also sharing her story to help others prevent burnout from happening to them in the third degree. You don't want to miss this episode. It's real, it's raw, and it's inspiring. to the healthcare provider happy hour. This is a safe space where we invite healthcare providers to unapologetically be themselves after the working day. My name is Jennifer George and each week I will connect you with guests and stories that will help transform your stress to success and fulfillment. Are you with me? Grab your drink of choice and let's chat. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Jen. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Great. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, I couldn't resist, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but tell me, what's your drink of choice today? <laughs> <laughs> I know what it, it is. Yeah, I know that, that. It is actually scotch. It is scotch. Okay. It is scotch. Yes, I'm an avid drinker, and. Uh, I really enjoy it. Good for you. And what kind of scotch is it? Not that I know my scotches, but (laughs) (laughs) today I am drinking something called Aberfeldy 12 year. Uh, So it is a scotch from uh, Scotland, obviously, and it's from the, uh, the Highland region of Scotland. So the scotch itself is a little bit lighter, more uh, lighter bodied. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a easy drinking scotch. So it's, uh, it's quite nice. Awesome. That sounds lovely, actually, just the way you described it and the name. <laughs> what about yourself? What are you drinking? <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking just a Diet Pepsi, <laughs> and I don't, I don't drink um, uh, too much. I'm usually like I'm usually like a water drinker, tea drinker. 
on my podcast. Uh, but yeah, I, I ha couldn't resist a diet Pepsi today. I was just craving something sweeter. But I hope the caffeine doesn't doesn't keep me up. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So far, so good. Uh, so tell me more about yourself, Michelle. Like without leading so much with what you do, like for work and stuff. But can you tell me more about yourself? How do you see yourself? How do others see? Yeah, you? that that's a good question because when you say you know without telling you about what I do, I find that like a lot of people, myself included, we identify ourselves so much with our job, right? Or with our career. Um, so I guess apart from that, what can I say? Um, well, first of all, I'm, you know, in terms of, you know, I, I'm a daughter, <laughs> I'm a sister, I'm a friend, I'm an auntie uh, in my culture, uh, Chinese. I mean, a lot of my, I'm very close with my cousins. And so they're, you know, sort of, uh, daughters and sons are are my nieces and nephews. That's why I always refer them to. Um, in terms of like how I am and, and you know my personality characteristic, I'm I, I, I think that I'm passionate. Right? I'm very driven. Uh, I'm ambitious. Um, I'm also like a little bit of like an extroverted introvert. <laughs> if that makes sense. Can tell me more about that. I think I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, so I think um, by nature, I'm an introvert. So I like my quiet times. I like reflection and so forth. But I can also, I, I, I derive my energy from people as well. Okay. Right? So I get my energy from people. So I can be, um, you know, out there meeting people when I want to. But at the same time, you know, my comfort level is being, you know, a little bit more reflective and introverted and just, you know, a lot of times doing my own thing. Nice. Um, I like to learn. I enjoy learning a lot, lifelong learners. So whether it be from an education standpoint, um, you know, professional development standpoint, uh, I just feel that, you know, every day there's always an opportunity to learn from anybody I meet. So, you know, I'm always have my ears open, my eyes open just to see what I can absorb throughout the day. Um, I'm also a mental health advocate. So I'm very strongly, you know, focused on uh, being a mental health advocacy. Um, recently, I've started to doing a lot of, you know, meditation and, you know, being spiritual. I'm an empath, I'm a giver. So yeah, so I think those are some of the, I would say, uh, characteristics or qualities I feel that you know that's a little bit about me that's amazing I appreciate you so much for sharing all of that and for really giving attention to it and it's it's interesting how you said that we are so um, attached to our careers as mm -hmm. you know, when somebody says like who are you kind of thing you know you immediately say well I define myself by like being a physiotherapist, right? I've always done right. that in my life. Um, just in the last year or so, maybe have I thought of that differently? And mm -hmm. so I, you know, I don't know about yourself, but yeah, like um, I think going through your story, which we'll get to in a minute, it's probably reframed your thinking that way as well. Um, but it's still stumping, right? Like when I still ask, it's still yeah, and, and deeply reflect on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like when you say, well, well, you know, tell me about who you are and instinctively it's just like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm this, like I, I'm this, I, I have, I work for this company. This is my position. Right. Cause that's kind of how, um, you know, in, in the world, you know, that's what, you know, people ask you, what do you do? 
Right. right. They, they never really ask, so who are you? <laughs> right. So. Yeah. And I recently, um, last year, I did a talk at a high school. It was like mm -hmm. an academic ceremony. And that was a part of my speech was not to think so much about what you're going to do in life, but rather about who you'll become. And yeah. to reframe that, because I do think by leading with who you are, it kind of can guide with what you end up doing. Whereas I think growing up, we've all, it's been backwards. <laughs> it's been like, you know, what do you do before who you are, right? Like what you do. Absolutely. And so that, thanks for, for sharing that. I really appreciate you um, noticing that and taking the time to share more about yourself. Um, so welcome. Yeah. So tell me more about like your, um, your mental health advocacy, kind of what, what inspired your passion to serve as one and when did that start? Uh, good question. So I've, I've always, um, ex you know, I, I, I have suffered from clinical depression and uh, generalized anxiety disorder on several occasions in my life. Um, and it was something for a long time that I kind of didn't want people to know about. Uh, and in 2016, I was taking sort of a slew of different, you know, personal development courses and so forth. And, um, and one of my, one of my courses in a, in a self-expression leadership course, I remember one of my coaches saying to me, she said, you know, Michelle, you are a huge impact to people. Right. And you are a huge impact to community. Right. Yeah. Uh, and at that point I said, well, you know what? Talking about mental health and what I want, you know, what I've been through, what I'm going through, I saw something bigger than myself. And so I decided to do something about it. Um, and since, you know, it was something that's affecting me and I know that if I spoke about it, it would help a lot of people. I decided to start uh, my project and it's called this is who I am project and it's focused on uh, essentially mental health in the LGBTQ plus community yeah that's amazing so you were you actually diagnosed with depression and general anxiety disorder at that like when you were aware that you had it you had already been diagnosed with it good question so back then in 2016 I wasn't diagnosed with it Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I just was, you know, had all the symptoms, you know, and I read about it. I had all the, you know, the feelings of sadness and just um, feeling really low, feeling really, you know, a lot of negative thoughts. Um, and, you know, it was always something that, you know, I thought that, you know, what's, what's wrong with me, right? Um, why can't I, you know, why am I so emotional? why am i always thinking you know all these negative thoughts but it's up until my most recent um burnout which we will you know get into the story yeah. is when i went to see you know a, a psychologist uh and my doctor and that's when i was officially diagnosed with clinical depression and uh, generalized anxiety disorder and what did what feeling did that bring you? Did it bring you relief or did it bring you more stress or worry? Um, I think, bef I mean, during, during uh, the whole time, during the time, like, I mean, this was, you know, back in 19, like I said, in terms of the, the whole burnout that happened, hmm. I was already in a state where my mental health was deteriorating. Right. So, you know, going to the doctor, going to the psychologist to get that confirmation mm -hmm. was just something that 
oh, it was, it was actually the serious. Okay. So it confirmed the seriousness of it. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. And, and maybe perhaps that you just couldn't do it alone. Is that safe to say or overcome it alone? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was a really difficult time in yeah. my life. Yeah. Um, and I definitely, yeah, wouldn't have been able to do it alone. You know, I had a whole sort of support system, yeah. you know, my, uh, my doctors, my psychologists, my friends, my family, and they're the ones who really helped, uh, you know, sort of pull me through that yeah. time. So your mental health advocacy for the LGBTQ community specifically, did that like just stem from your own self-interest? Did you see there was a gap there? Did you see some inequalities there that you were hoping maybe um, your advocacy would help to fill or lead change in and also inspire people to, to share their stories? Absolutely. Cause I mean, apart from, you know, um, being in the closet mm -hmm. um, and coming out to my parents probably when I was 21, um, you know, being a, you know, in terms of my sexual orientation, yeah. uh, my mental health was basically the second thing that I kept hidden, right? And, you know, within the LGBT community, you know, there's a lot of statistics that we have higher rates of depression, anxiety, uh, obsessive compulsive and phobic disorders, suicide, self-harm, right? Um, and in a, you know, in an Ontario-based study, LGBTQ plus youth and trans people face increased risk up to, you know, even 14 times the risk of suicide and substance abuse. Um, and one of the st statistics says that, you know, 77% of trans respondents to this particular survey in Ontario had seriously considered suicide and 45% of them had attempted suicide. So just based on, you know, the rates, right, that LGBTQ plus youth, you know, uh, and people in this community um, have such a, a high percentage of individuals who deal with serious mental health issues, you know, is such a concern, right? Because, you know, they, you know, being sort of within this particular orientation or, you know, whether it be gender mm -hmm. identity, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, sexual orientation, or even, you know, there's, there's so many, um, I would say, issues that LGBTQ plus people deal with, you know, their family, not accepting them, religion, society, how society sees them. And I think, you know, personally, I believe that all LGBTQ plus people go through this sort of internalized sort of, you know, homophobia themselves, right? Because I, I certainly did, right? Um, you know, being in a traditional Chinese um you know family growing up in the culture this was not spoken about right so yeah. we talked about you know what's you know being you know straight <laughs> um you know religious you know my mom's a, a christian so all these factors played into me thinking about well having you know this these particular thoughts about women or having these feelings about women is that wrong right so for many years I struggled a lot with that and I thought it was something wrong with me and so 
even something like that, you know, really affects and, you know, people. Um, fortunately, you know, my family, you know, regardless of, of my sexual orientation, they've, you know, they still love me. They, they're still supportive of, you know, of me. Um, you know, my friends, uh, my cousins who I'm very close with, all of them have been, you know, super supportive. Um, and when I spoke to them about my mental health as well, um, they were, you know, they, they understood what was going on. And I, you know, some of them, you know, understood what I was going through. Um, so that, that, you know, in, in a sense helped, helped a lot in terms of people sort of validating, you know, what I was feeling. Right. And it was like, the more you were able to be more of yourself, it's almost like that's where the healing was starting in a way. Yes. I know it's been a journey, right? But, and it's opened you up to now supporting others who once were where you were, right? Or who are where you were. And um, I, I think that's remarkable. And I think when we talk about like health and wellness um, for communities like the LGBTQ community, let, community let's say where the, statist the statistics are alarming um, mm. with respect to mental health, like, I think sometimes we think of it as a systems problem alone, but it really starts to in the home, right? On a personal level. And if the, all of those, those aspects can come together and be accepting and welcoming and supportive and also um, just overall equal, right? Um, I just mm -hmm. think that it would be better overall for their overall health, wellness and um, support like just you know not just equality alone but all of it just them as yeah just as individuals our own health right absolutely i think a lot of it does start you know within your your immediate family right yeah. and how supportive they are um you know when it comes to you know lgbtq people uh youth mm -hmm. it definitely starts in the family in terms of you know where you're growing up, how supportive your family, your parents are, because I, I know many, you know, many individuals that have struggled. Yeah. Um, you know, some people have, you know, some families aren't supportive, right? And it's, it's so sad, right? It's so sad that families aren't supportive of who you really are and they don't get it. They don't understand it. They, they think it's, you know, um, against nature, against, you know, I've had, yeah. plenty of things that were said you know about about what it could be but it's 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 sad and it really you know when it comes to mental health it's it's so hard on the individual yeah. um when you start doubting yourself in terms of who you are um and you know going back back to the question you know not talking about what you do but who you are but if you can't even be you know if you can't even i want to say be real about who you are. Like how, how can you be real about anything else? Exactly. Exactly. And then it's like, you start to define yourself probably in a different way, according to what you, others see you as right. Or what you've um, had to tie yourself to others, others opinions of you or whatnot. Right. And then you lose your sense of self. Mm -hmm. I really do think that by whether it's putting religion over your loved one or whatever it might be that you are essentially denying somebody's health and well-being through unacceptance and whatnot and you know because i just can't see how it can be any other way like leading down that path of feeling unwell and being unhealthy as a result 
of being unaccepted or feeling unaccepted or feeling um, feeling like you can't be free to be who you are. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the sense of like rejection mm. um, that you get from other people and the rejection of yourself because you think you're you're you know you are wrong. You're doing something. There's something wrong with you, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that really affects uh, mental health. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, internalizing everything, right? It's like it's your fault or or whatnot as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tell me, like Michelle, you, like you recently shared, like reason why I actually like wanted to bring you on as well um, was because of your personal story with burnout. You know, this is a lot of work that I'm trying to do in the healthcare community to support providers and burnout. I know we're, nobody's immune to it, regardless of whether or not you're in healthcare. Um, but you had openly shared your story of, of burnout in one of my posts, and I was really moved by it. And I was just hoping you if you don't mind. Thank you. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this, um, this happened in essentially last year in 20, 2019, end of 2018, I would say. And I think it was just like a combination of, um, workplace stress. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that there was, you know, quite a bit of a toxic work environment I was in, um, you know, personal relationship woes and just feeling unfulfillment. And so the combination of that, um, is what, you know, led to, you know, essentially a panic attack at work. And then ever since then, everything started, you know, sort of falling. Um, so this led to increased anxiety, uh, this lead to depression and it was, yeah, it was, it was really, really bad. It was really terrible. Um, I remembering, you know, when I had that panic attack, I was sent home and literally for the next two weeks out of that every morning i would wake up with a panic attack and michelle what what your uh feelings of a panic attack were like what that experience was for you yeah so i just remember waking up in the morning and feeling like i had no control okay right no control of anything um i felt that you know, and, and, and for me, like I, I'm a type A personality type. <laughs> yeah, I remember so, doing that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm very type A, which means, you know, I, I enjoy control. I want control. I'm, you know, I'm organized and having that feeling where I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I feel like people are mad at me. I feel like, you know, should I be going to work right now? Should I not be going to work right now? I feel like I'm letting people down. I feel like I'm letting myself down. I feel like, you know, why am I, um, how do I allow myself to be in this situation? That was the biggest one, right? And so all of those thoughts in my head just got me spinning. And, you know, my heart was racing. I couldn't breathe. So those were some of the symptoms that, you know. So you also had those you also had those physiological symptoms too. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. And that you were having those almost every day. Yeah. At at least, um, for the first two weeks, essentially every single morning I woke up with a panic attack. Wow. And then would it just pass after a while or? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it did pass after a while. Um, I just, you know, I just had to, you know, try to sit up, 
I had to breathe, just, you know, try to take deep breaths, you know, maybe try to focus on something in my room and try to think about, you know, describing that. So those are some of the, I guess, um, I don't, I don't want to say remedies, but those are some of the ways where I say, okay, you know what, I need to calm down right now because not breathing, not being able to breathe is giving, you know, making me even more anxious. Yeah, absolutely. It would. And, um, it, it would provoke panic, you know, just that, that inability to feel like you have control over your breathing um, right. at that time. Right. So this went on for how long? It happened. Um, the burnout you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So the burnout itself, uh, wow. It took, it took 10 months to actually get back to normal. And you said at some point too, like you found you had to learn to like read, right? Like, you know, you had, I don't know if it was, whether it was, you could tell me if it was your, your attention to do those things that was limited or if it was like you physically, like, did you literally have to relearn how to read? Yeah. So, so what happened was like, there were certain instances through my entire, so, you know, obviously after that happened, I took leave of absence from work, right. but during the 10 months, like there were different triggers throughout those months that made my illness worse. Okay. So when it got worse, basically it got to a point where it took me out. And when I say it took me out, it, I meant, you know, I would only be sleeping all day. Like I would read a, you know, a page of paper and I couldn't comprehend. Like I see the words, yeah, I see yeah. the sentences, but I actually could not comprehend what the words were saying on that page. Wow. So your nervous um, system was like depleted. Completely, completely depleted, completely shot. You know, I would sit up and try to watch TV mm. and within 15 minutes, like just watching um, you know, the nature channel or, yeah. you know, something simple and won't require a lot of, you know, sort of brain power to understand just, you know, watching birds, watching whales. It, it would, it would, I would be so exhausted after 15 minutes because my body can take it. Wow. And so how did you end up overcoming it? What were like your supports and what were your strategies? Um, so fortunately, you know, I have such an amazing group of friends, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, my friend Charles essentially, you know, when something like this happened, he actually rounded up my entire family. Right? I was in my condo, unable to move in bed. You know, he came over and he basically called my mom. He called my dad, he called my brother. And he's basically saying like, you guys need to be here right now because this is what's happening right and within like an hour my entire immediate family came to my condo and he was there you know basically explaining what was happening um and yeah it was through like you know my friends um you know i went to see a psychologist i went to see a doctor he gave me medication and slowly by slow you know one day at a time um i had to you know sort of how to learn how to use my energy properly right so if 15 minutes of tv is too much mm -hmm. that's okay go to bed right and then next day let's try you know see if we can go for 20 minutes or you know even going up to take a shower was you know way too difficult because it took too much energy and after that shower i was so exhausted i had to nap 
Wow. Right. So, um, yeah, so it's through, uh, you know, basically a team of amazing people, friends, family, my doctor, my psychologist, um, that slowly, you know, sort of put a plan in place for me. Mm -hmm. Um, it went to, to an extreme extent where, you know, we even said, okay, pre-plan what you're actually going to do for the day. Right. Um, and literally, you know, these are some of the activities I'm going to meet with friends for half an hour for a coffee. You know, I know this is going to be too much. I need to even rate it like, you know, out of, you know, one being, you know, low, low energy or don't require energy 10 being the most energy I've, you know, I, I, I will need to put into it. I need to rate in terms of which activity. So it, it was up to that degree where I had to sort of manage my own, you know, with help with my psychologist and my friends to determine how much energy I should be expending that particular day. Wow. And that's quite, um, like, it's crazy because you are a type A personality person, probably used to doing so many tasks and things yeah. in a day and working nonstop. And, you know, and then you have to humble yourself too, in a way now to appreciate the very small but meaningful things like seeing your friends for a few minutes um, just having downtime to read or watch TV. Like, it's just, you know, that blows my mind that you experienced it to that degree. Yeah. It, for um, me, it was just like so difficult. Yeah. Right. Because in the back of my mind, I kept saying, you know, how did I let allow myself, how did I allow myself to get into this particular situation? Right. I've been a mental health advocate, I have my projects in 2016, it's 2019 right now. How did I let this happen? Right? And that's and what I want to ask you. Like, do you, do you, have you ever gotten an answer to that? Like, have you, I know you, what you said <laughs> it been the triggers, but people fluff this stuff off though, Michelle, right? Like people fluff off workplace toxic relationships. You know what I mean? It was just a part of their life, but they don't realize the, you know, the compounding factors of these stressors over time. Absolutely. Yeah. And what I did was I was, I ignored those warning signs, right? When my body was tired, when my body was overwhelmed, I said, you know what, Michelle, um, stick with it, right? You're going to get through this. No big deal. You've done this before. Um, and I just kept ignoring those warning signs, right? When I would feel, you know, emotionally exhausted, physically exhausted, mentally exhausted, I would say, you know what, tomorrow's a new day, you can do it again, right? So, and I think that was the issue. It's because when I started having those negative thoughts about myself, when I started having, um, you know, feeling bad or feeling guilty or not being able to make certain decisions, I say, oh, you know, tomorrow's going to be better. Today's just, you know, a, a crappy day. Um, it's, 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 you know, not even realizing how it would affect me, not even realizing how it would affect me, you know, mentally as well as physically. You know, I never expected that, um, being, you know, mentally unhealthy would affect me physically. And so it's ignoring, ignoring those warning signs that, you know, that have come across my mind so many times and say, I'm going to push through it. You know, I'm going to push through it. I'm going to push through it. And that's what led to, you know, complete panic attack, complete burnout. Eventually, your body and your, you just couldn't take anymore. Neither mm -hmm. mind too. Um, yeah, I find like that, like I, you gave me goosebumps when you just 
said all that because I, I, I mean, I think I can relate to that in ways, um, you know, and I think stressors in my life come and go and it's very easy for me um, as well to just suppress them and just, you know, in, in that, and there's a famous quote around that, like tomorrow's a new day, right? And it's supposed yeah. to be optimism and joy. But I think without acknowledging the day, the moment you're in or the day you've just had, I think that can be a little bit um, dangerous too. Um, because I, like we said, like it just adds up over time and you're really just shutting that out rather than expressing it in some way and addressing it. And um, I, I find that burnout results a lot from suppressing over time and yes. not dealing with things as they, as they come. But everything is so much clearer in hindsight, eh? Like Absolutely. I'm sure there was nothing yeah. you really could have changed about that. It was like a journey you were supposed to go through and um, probably help people now moving forward um, by sharing your experiences which I know yeah. I greatly appreciate. Yeah. They're, they're like, I, I think back to myself, like it was there anything I could have changed, right? Was there anything that I could have done? Um, you know, if, if not ignoring those warning signs, would I have done, I, I would have probably done the same thing, right? It's because it's just my personality. Nature. Yeah. Yeah. And now, you know, you know, different, right? Like you, you've, you've seen the, the consequences of it. And I think now, would you say, what, like, what do you do now to kind of prioritize pre preventing burnout from creeping back into your life again? Yeah, yeah, because I, um, you know, that was such a, oof, such a, I would even say, you know, it was such a devastating experience for me, right? Because I'm a person that is, like I said, in, has so much control of myself and I feel that I'm you know a driven motivated person um and going through that experience was and I keep going back like you know how did this happen right um and I can even imagine especially you know with yourself and healthcare workers it's you know your your duty and what you do is to serve your yeah. patients right and you know you're the one who's supposed to be strong you're the one who's supposed to be taking care of people and when something like this happens it's just like what is going on right now exactly and and that's our duty no matter what and you know and then it's like at what cost right and that's kind of where this podcast comes in like at what co at what cost and at what point do we say okay now i have to like put myself first i remember yeah. not long ago i was sitting in a lunchroom with uh with a coworker, and they had had a doctor's appointment and something was off i think it was their blood pressure or something they were telling me and the doctor had asked them like well do you drink water right and mm. works at the hospital with me and she was like like sarcastically to the doctor like what do you mean like how am i going to like drink water or make sure i get enough water and like you know i'm a nurse for a living like there's no time for that right and it's and it's the reality it's the reality of what we do like it's non-stop especially in hospital for me i can say the same because that's where i'm at now and it is yeah stop that it's so easy to forget about yourself or not to not even to forget about yourself too michelle it's like um it's just not to prioritize yourself right it's like you know you should be but it's not a priority right and yeah 
I think that's that's where it becomes a bit touchy. So like what kind of self-care now do you, you do to like kind of try to prevent this from happening again to you or or some degree of it? Yeah, that's a good question. So I have um I've established a morning routine. Okay. Um I've established a morning routine where, you know, I tell myself that these are the things I need to do in order to, you know, um, get through my day. So things like having a routine of like, uh, exercising, right. Um, I'm doing meditation. Um, I am more aware of what my body is telling me, right. So not just, um, mentally, but physically, right. Is my body feeling tired? Um, can I concentrate in terms of what I'm doing, what I'm reading, Am I pushing too hard? Um, so all these sort of cues, I constantly need to remind myself and need to think about where is my body at. And of course, from a mental standpoint, uh, I also ask myself, you know, how does this make me feel right now? Right? Do I feel mentally exhausted? Do I want to continue this conversation with this person? Do I want to work on this particular project right now? Right? So I'm a lot more in tune with, you know, what my body's telling me. And having, you know, a routine where, you know, I am more balanced uh, in terms of taking care of my body, you know, I watch what I eat in terms of what I'm consuming, uh, you know, what I'm putting inside my body, even though I said I was an avid drinker, not really an avid drinker, but more of an avid scotch drinker when I do <laughs> I actually don't drink very much. It's only once in a while if I, if my drink of choice would be scotch, but I do, you know, I am very careful in terms of what I'm putting in my body. I've recently, you know, um, realized that, you know, I'm really enjoying quinoa and chickpeas and, you know, my lunch, it's, you know, I'm mainly vegetarian. So it, it's, it's a combination of a lot of different things that I've actually changed for what I feel would be good for my body and my mental health. And I love the way you put that because it's it's a process too, right? Getting to know, becoming more self-aware physically and mentally. Um, and it's kind of like having a conversation with yourself, right? Yeah. It's like, how am I feeling? How do I feel right now? And I love that, I, that thought of, uh, or that practice, I should say, of checking in with yourself. Like, how do I, because we're constantly putting out, right? Constantly mm. putting out that we don't check in with our own energy and yeah. our own being. And, and I think it's important for, like, for what you just said too, to, to identify that it does take time to figure out what works for you. And, it does. And not to give up on that, right? Just to keep figuring out what, what helps you and help, what helps you thrive, gives you the most energy um, and kind of keeps you safe, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it took me um, eight years to get into meditation. I wasn't able to get into it because previously there was so much stuff going on in my mind. It was running at like a hundred, you know, 50 kilometers an hour. I couldn't focus. I couldn't quiet down. Let's put it that way. I couldn't quiet down. So it was so difficult for me to get into meditation. But after all this happened, right, I tried it recently in the last couple months and I'm loving it, right? It's an opportunity for me to actually think about and reflect and quiet my mind down and really ask myself, you know, what am I putting in my body? Whether it be, you know, the food I'm consuming, um, you know, even the news that I'm watching, 
right? Or the people I decide to, you know, continue interacting with, are these good for me, right? These are things that I keep checking in with myself um, to see if, you know, how my body and my mind is reacting. So do you do this completely in silence, Michelle, or do you have a guided meditation going on in the background? Uh, yeah, so right now I, I am using a guided meditation. Um, my friend uh, a little while ago introduced me to uh, Deepak Chopra. So right now I'm actually listening to his um, guided meditation and it's daily. So it's very short, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, since then I've, you know, I've uh, enjoyed sort of researching um, different individuals who do guided meditations. I find that helps because it helps me focus just on, you know, they say, you know, focus on your breathing. Let's take 10 deep breaths. So for me, that helps because just getting into meditation, um, you know, for, I don't know what to expect. So having those guided meditations do, do help me sort of focus on, on certain things they ask me to. Yeah, I do the same. I, I, I tend to prefer guided, but I can't. Mm -hmm very long like for you to do 15 20 minutes to me is like remarkable that's like, that's like a, a definitely a goal i can maybe do like three to five like and i and i do have a loud mind too and um and so i i work on it though like that's the thing i don't i don't give up on it because i know yeah. that i feel better after after doing it and um sometimes it's just that anticipation beforehand for me that that already kind of messes me up, right? Or, you know, so I just got to get through that part and get right to it. And sometimes I find I get into it a little bit easier than I expected. Yeah, yeah. it's, all, it's yeah. all about practice as well. Exactly, and, I, and I, I do it like once a day, like first thing in the morning for me, um, but I, I probably should be doing it more frequently. I try to center myself, like I'll take deep breaths throughout the day. Um, I'm saying gratitudes throughout my day, like just in my mind as I'm walking up and down the halls of the hospital type thing. So I'm trying to try to keep myself very mindful um, throughout my day. But actual sitting and stillness for me is is a challenge still. Yeah. And, and, and I imagine it was a challenge for me, too, like very, very challenging because, you know, like you said, there, there's so much going on in the mind. Yeah. non-stop there's so much things you need to do there's so many so many things you should do and it's just it's hard to to quiet down and um yeah for like as like i said for me it took a long time to be able to to be where i am but i think it's because of when i went through and like the whole burnout that you know i need to take this seriously right Absolutely. and you know for me i wish that no one would ever go through this but you know, there are people who are pushing and struggling and just, you know, especially healthcare workers in, in terms of your field, like there's so many people who are pushing. I have friends who are nurses that are pushing so hard, yeah. right? And I said that, don't you think about yourself? Like you need to take a break. Yeah. You need to slow down. And they're just like, it's just what I need to do. It's just what we have, right? So I really, you know, I really do think that people need to need to stop and really, you know, think about what they're what they're putting their body through. Right. So, so would that be your piece of advice to those who might be struggling, um, even with the honestly, even the the common layperson who's going through the COVID nineteen pandemic, right? Um, lack of connection, things like that, as well as you know the, the rise of like social protests and revolutions that are happening. There's just so much heaviness in the world right now. Um, like what is your advice then for 
people who know that burnout like healthcare workers is just right around the corner is is your is your advice to just stop and check yes. it yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because with COVID, I mean, there's so much uncertainty right now and it's so scary. You know, I've spoken to people where their nervous systems and anxiety levels are so high and it's up and down, you know, and people or families who've been actually had people who've been affected by COVID, you know, mm-hmm. whether they've been really sick or they've, you know, unfortunately passed due to COVID. Uh, it, it's scary. Right. Um, and, and my recommendation to people is really just, you know, recognize how you're feeling, be more in tune to your feelings, right? When you feel that you're starting to have issues making a decision about something, right? You're fluctuating between, you know, should I do this? Should I not do this? Right? Or um, what I find most helpful is when you start feeling guilty about something, that's the biggest trigger for me. Like, why am I feeling guilty about this? Because when you start feeling guilty or when you start feeling guilty about every decision that you make, that's when you need to recognize that, okay, you know what? Something is going on with my mental health. Something is not quite right. Like I need to step back. I need to slow down. What am I not doing? What I should be doing right now? So I think it's really just, you know, being more aware of what you're thinking because a lot of it is your mental you know, what you're thinking, your mental health go like tells you first before your, you know, physical health deteriorates. So it's just really understanding, um, you know, address those negative thoughts. Where are they coming from? You know, are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling exhausted? Are you exhausted every single day of the week? And even the weekends, if you sleep 10, 12, 14 hours, you're still exhausted. That tells you something. Yeah, definitely. And they, they say there are like various degrees of burnout and it sounds like yours was the third degree. And, um, but they do say like the first degree, second degree, I think like, you know, first degree is very mild where maybe you, you do take a day or two off type thing. And then you're like the weekend off and then you're ready to go back um, pretty much unaffected in a way. Um, yep. But you know, and if that's not enough, then it could be second degree. And if that's not enough, then you, you might be in the third degree. Um, so I do think there's, like you said, there's warning signs along the way, right? Like indecisiveness, that's such a good point is probably a really big one too, especially for people who are typically type A, who are used to being in control, used to making decisions for themselves and for others, even if they had to, and all of a sudden are now second guessing themselves and unable to just have the energy to do that anymore. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And just ha- asking yourself like why that is or being aware of it is so powerful to um, getting help or to hopefully preventing it from getting worse. Um, Yeah. And, and, and I would say don't push it off. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't forget about it. Don't, you know, say let, let, I'll be better tomorrow. Right. It's because people who ignore these warning signs is when it starts building. Yeah. And then it just hits. And then yep. it, like, it, like, out of nowhere you're you like what happened yeah yeah and um michelle so what like right now so after your journey through burnout are you is this part of mental your mental health advocacy too um like are you talking about burnout in the communities and stuff or is this just something you're starting to share perhaps it is yeah it is something that i'm starting to share because um you know 
it just happened so recently and for the, for the longest time, you know, I was struggling. Um, I haven't been very active <laughs> with my, my account for a little bit. And it's because of those negative thoughts saying, well, if you're a mental health advocate, how did you allow yourself to be in this situation? Right? So there was a lot of shame, yeah. embarrassment. There's a lot of guilt, right? But like I said, despite that, um, you know, your post uh, on your IG about burnout, um, that, you know, when that, when I saw that post, I was like, Hey, you know what, this is such an important topic that affects so many people, but we're not talking about it. And, you know, for myself, who have actually firsthand experienced it. Um, you know, regardless what our profession and in healthcare professions, I know you guys deal with so much, um, that I can't even, you know, comprehend, but you guys deal with so much things that this needs to be talked about because so many healthcare professionals are burning out and they don't even know what hit them. And that's why it's so important to talk about. And, you know, now in, in, in my feeds and uh, on my IG, that's something that I, I definitely want to, to start addressing. Well, thank you so much for sharing it with your, with your community and networks too. I really appreciate it because I think what you said there was really powerful and it's something that I've shared as well is that um, the shame and the, the, the guilt, um, and you almost feel like you're supposed to fix yourself, right? You're, you know what it is. Um, you know that you're not well, why can't I help myself? Right. And, um, and I think that's a lot of, uh, self pressure to put on, on somebody. And we know that as healthcare providers, we wouldn't expect somebody else to just fix themselves. Right. So <laughs> having that self-compassion too that I think sometimes we forget about rather than just only compassion for others. Um, and yeah, I think like, I, I know personally too, that some people have told me, and this is not like I post things, right. But not, not many people will comment because it's a touchy subject, but I'll get messages about it, about their stories. And, um, and it's like that fear of being unfit to practice or take care of somebody else because you might be going through something right now, right? Or you might need some help. And yeah, it's definitely a bit of a stigma that way um, that we in a way put on ourselves, I think, to some, to some effect. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Especially, you know, if you are uh, at your work in a position of power or you are a manager or, you know, any type of where you have a team, right? Yeah. If they knew, you know, this is the, you know, the person thinking, if they knew that, I was dealing with something like this that I couldn't handle myself. I couldn't take care of myself. What would they think of me? Right. So that there is a lot of shame, you know, associated with, um, you know, individuals who experience this. And that's one of the reasons why they don't, they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. But, um, you know, for me, I went through that exact same thing. Right? I went through that exact same thing. But um, what I, you know, what I believe now is that, um, it's important to talk about it, yeah. right? Because I find that we are a lot more alike than we know. Mm -hmm. And people experience a lot more things, um, you know, that are similar than we know. And I think by doing, by sharing this, you know, what we went through, how we overcome certain things can help people, you know, sort of hopefully, you know, be in a position of, hopefully I can be in a position to help them not get to that point. Yes, exactly. And that, I share that exact sentiment is that that's my, that's my purpose for doing this as well, 
and for bringing light to this is to prevent them from getting to the point where it does become a medical emergency, you know, where your life is literally on the line. And um, awesome. yeah, yeah. And, and I think connection and sharing that, and I know it, it takes vulnerability, but I do believe that that's healing for people too, to, like you said, because we are more alike and to not feel so alone. Mm -hmm. in healthcare and in a lot of leadership type positions too perhaps there's a like there's a bit of loneliness there um because you don't really share your true self sometimes because it might take because you feel it might take away from the purpose of what you're doing for your work right yes yeah yes yeah it's like you're expected to be this you know professional you're expected to be in this sort of superior role and you're supposed to be all you know high and mighty and you should should be knowing everything so being that vulnerable to share a story about something that you went through that was possibly like stigmatized is very difficult for people yeah i can only imagine michelle i would love to keep talking about this but i think we're going to be cut off <laughs> No problem. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> we are going to reconnect over this again soon for sure. Because I've really appreciated having you here. I appreciate your vulnerability. Awesome. Yeah, and your willingness to share and um, hopefully support and inspire others to do the same. And like you said, you wouldn't wish what you went through upon anybody. And so by sharing it, I think, you know, one person will hear it and deeply connect and hopefully um stop it before it gets to the point of complete burnout so thank absolutely you again you're, you're welcome yeah thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it if you guys want to follow michelle's project this is who i am a project for the lgbtq community on raising mental health awareness and promoting wellness please check her out on instagram at let's end the silence let's end the silence guys by sharing each other's stories by making this a safe space to talk about burnout, to talk about stress and prevention, and to inspire others on their journey wherever they may be. Until next time, stay happy. So if you guys like this podcast, please subscribe and leave an honest review. Your feedback means everything to me. Your reviews are what moves this podcast forward, and I always appreciate receiving them. If you want to get a hold of me directly, reach out to me on social media. My handles are in the show notes, and you can always subscribe to my weekly newsletters at jenniferGeorge.co so that we can stay connected. So until next time, thank you guys so much again for your ongoing support.